Hey, welcome back to Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us. We're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games, news, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So on today's podcast, we want to introduce our special guest, the broadcaster of the USPHL's Ogden Mustangs, Stefan Bell. Welcome to the show, Stefan. Hey, thanks, guys. Pleasure to be on here, and thanks for having me. We're thrilled that you're going to be able to jump on, and everyone wants to hear we actually will be interviewing Stefan in the next podcast you know give a listen to that and you'll learn a little bit more about Stefan but what we are all jumping on for today is the NHL trade deadline was yesterday April 12th as we are recording this on Tuesday April 13th what do you guys think we got some winners we got some losers we got a lot of movements I can tell you right now that Brandon Montour Curtis Lazar and Taylor Hall all won because they escaped Buffalo. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I, not to say that maybe I should be a GM, but I mean, I did call out two of the big trades I thought teams should do. Uh, Felino to Toronto. I think they overpaid for him, but I think they gave up a first because they knew what they wanted. They went out aggressively to get what they thought they needed. I think that's a win for them. And uh, I think that Colorado got Devin Dubnik. I think that was huge. Um, you know, they had a two-headed semi-monster net last year that helped them. Uh, and then this year with injuries, that just hasn't been the same. And I think Devin Dubnik has proven to be a goalie that can steal a lot of games and be solid behind a good team. So to me, those are just two trades I predicted. And I, I think I was bang on and I absolutely love them. But uh, there was a ton of trades today or uh, yesterday. Sorry. I, I definitely think that I was shocked between the amount of moves that Toronto and Colorado made. Not that they didn't need to make them, but I was just like, man, their teams are already doing well. Of course, me being a Penguins fan, I've seen so many deadline deals happen for Pittsburgh. So it was just, it was kind of crazy. So like, you know, Sebastian said that seeing Toronto pay a first round for Felino, and then seeing Tampa Bay paying a first rounder for Savard, like I was shocked. But then again, when you know what you need and you're going into the playoffs, it doesn't really matter. If you win a cup, it's all worth it. Teams are really stacked up. You look at teams like Boston and the Islanders. Boston, I think they made a lot of really decent moves there and the right players to add to their roster to make a run for the cup this year. And I think the Islanders kind of did the same thing. I mean, you know, it was a little bit earlier before the trade deadline, but we never got to talk about it on this podcast. But Palmari and Zajac going to the Islanders. And of course, they paid up a first round pick as well again with other assets. But what a what a move for the Islanders right there. They're getting a couple really skilled players on that team to just continue to bolster the Isles. Yeah, I think you're you're bang on on that. But I mean, to me, if I'm going to pick like a, a clear cut winner from yesterday, it's got to be Detroit. Uh, they traded Anthony Mantha for Jacob Verana, Richard Panic, a first round draft pick this year and a second round draft pick next year. And people are basically saying Anthony Mantha is Jacob Verana, but he just he's like he scored. It's not that he scores less, but he goes on. He's Verana's less streaky. Like he kind of stays in it a little bit more. And I read a story today, the GM from uh, the Caps basically saying, you know, Verana wasn't happy, this and that. And I get that. That's fine. Trade a player, try to get him into the right mindset, into, you know, a new home, whatever it is. But I, I think that Washington got washed on this trade. Yeah, I was kind of shocked, truthfully, as a Caps, as a, I'm a Sabres Caps fan. If anyone doesn't know this in his podcast, was my teams. But I think I was kind of shocked that we gave up what we did for him. I was like, oh, we're getting Mantha. Then I saw that we gave up Verona. I'm like, oh, okay. And panic and the picks. And I'm like, is he better than I thought? And I started, I went and looked at his stuff and I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I, I, I know he's good, but I'm just like, 
for that amount of assets, I'm expecting like a, well, somebody, I guess, better. <laughs> it, it definitely seemed like, for one, I was happy. Like, Jacob Verona has been a Penguins killer for, I feel like, four seasons now. But it was it, it was so weird. Like, I feel like it's a lateral move, but, you know, they definitely get size. You know, he's a big player. It adds to their lineup. But you still, you're giving up guys like, are they thinking in terms of the expansion draft? You know, obviously Ovi's going to get a new contract after this season. The guys are, they're close to the cap. It was a flat. I don't know. Like I get moving the players to try to figure that out, but you give up like a first and a second round pick. Like, I don't know. Maybe Steve Eisenman just got a way of uh, talking to people where he gets that, that trade back. But it was incredible to see at the last, I guess past the deadline yesterday. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, like like my wife Haley said to me yesterday, and it was funny. I was thinking the same thing. Was you know can can somebody be in the you know in the Hall of Fame twice? Because look at the careers that Joe Sakic and Eisman had as players, right? Hall of Fame players. Look at the careers they're having as GMs, just as good, if not better, than they did as players. I mean, these guys are hockey smart, and I mean, I, if they should be in the Hall of Fame twice, both as a GM and as a player, for sure. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. How about the blockbuster trade between the Islanders and the Senators yesterday? I honestly cry tears of happiness. I <laughs> I get Braden Coburn. He needs to be on. He needs to play more consistency. I get that. He's a vet who needs to be on a team who you know is pushing for a win. And I completely get that. When they made the trade for him in Ottawa, it's kind of a head scratcher. But hey, you know what? Ottawa got rid of three defensemen yesterday and then picked up 22-year-old. Yes, 22-year-old Victor Mete off waivers from Montreal. How you give up on a player like that at 22 years old, I have no idea. But you know what? It was basically like getting him for free. So, I mean, I was I was happier than a, a pig and you know what. <laughs> oh, then we also have uh, Stefan's uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. What do you think about getting Jeff Carter? You didn't give up a lot for him. No, you know, it, it's an interesting trade. They were, I, I don't know, it's so different because we've been so used to Jimmy Rutherford for the last, you know, five, six, seven years. And he's always very forward in what he wants to do. He's not shy about it. He'll go out and do it. And so, you know, I think one of the first big moves was Eric Stahl. And uh, from then on, you know, the Penguins, they've had the injury bug per usual. And there's a couple of guys out right now, big names. And they've still managed to do very well since I think like February 11th. But, you know, for them to get Jeff Carter... Me being in Southern California up until, you know, eight months ago, I saw the Kings a lot. And Jeff Carter was one of those guys where I always looked at him like, man, I'd love to have this guy. He's got size, skill, hands, speed, he's physical, you know. And one of the biggest things Hextall kind of noted was that he's very versatile. And in a lineup like the Penguins, you know, maybe he's on the wing with Gino. Maybe he's playing third line center. Maybe he, maybe Gino's winging him. Like, you never know. He gives you that kind of added depth but versatility that you can really use come playoff time i thought it was a pretty fair trade i wouldn't have given up too much for jeff carter but they still gave up like i said the third and the fourth so uh, you're giving up some potential future there but also pittsburgh is again one of those teams where the clock's running on additional cups they're not rebuilding they're still going for those cups so you got to pick out those right pieces and i think a guy like jeff could be a pretty solid addition but you know what that trade was, though? That trade was really Berkey stepping in and being like, this is my kind of player. It, there's no secret, you know, that that's Berkey-style player. He likes a big, rough, you know, guy that can score goals, but I'll mix it up if he needs to. Yeah. As soon as I saw this trade come in, I went, yeah, Berkey basically went, that's my guy, and they went and got him. 
Yep. Yeah, that's a that's definitely a typical Brian Burke move. And he's yeah, he's definitely got a, a, a mentality when it comes to building because I don't know how many teams he's managed at this point. It's been what Vancouver, Anaheim, Toronto, Calgary. Who else am I missing? Before? I think he, I think he's honestly just missing Vegas and Seattle at this point. <laughs> Give him time. Give him yeah. time and he'll get there. Uh, so what about the Panthers and the Flames trade? Sam Bennett, we knew he was going to move. They've been talking about him moving. What do you think? Chris, the Panthers acquired Bennett and a sixth-round pick. The Flames, in return, got Heineman and a second-round pick. So thoughts on that? Who won that trade? I, I honestly think that that was Florida. Florida is a hot team right now. And, I mean, I'll admit at the start of the year, I didn't give them any credit. I mean, I know everyone else did. I gave them none. They got, you know, Bob's playing, Bob Hockey. They got Spencer Knight back there that could really help them. They've got Drieger still there. They're, you know, they've got a three-headed monster in that, basically. I know Knight hasn't really proven himself yet, but, I mean, he's proven himself everywhere else. But they got some sandpaper in their lineup, sandpaper that can still score. Like, let's not forget how high this guy went up in the draft. Like, he's still a high-end top draft pick. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him play in juniors when I was in Kingston. He's he's a good hockey player, and he likes to mix it up. So I think Florida added exactly what they needed. Yeah, they paid a lot for it. But, you know, in a year where you're this hot, you got to go for it. I will say that I called Florida at the beginning of the year. But when I say that and I poke fun at you, you have to remind me about Carolina because I think they're doing okay. They're only you know? first. They're, they're only <laughs> first. No big deal. They're doing okay. They're doing okay. I, I picked them just outside the playoffs. I didn't I didn't pick them to be desperately awful. But, yeah, I'm, they're better than I thought they'd be. Did they make any moves? Did Carolina make any moves yesterday? I don't think they uh, need to. They shifted. They actually, they shifted out Hayden Fleury, which I was a bit of a head-scratcher. I get comfortable with their defense, and he hasn't quite been what they thought he would be out of the draft. And I, I mean, it is what it is, but I, I don't know. And I was listening to, and I forget what sports program, and it was bang on. I think... You know, maybe they went in there thinking, you know what, we're doing well as it is. We don't need to add anything. But then you walk into a room and, you you know, as those players, even as a coach, I'm looking, I'm going, okay, who are we going to compete against? Toronto, Vegas, the Avalanche, Florida. Like, these are the teams we're going to have to compete against to win a cup. They all got better. They all added something to yes, they did. boost their team. And we did nothing. We actually just sent out a guy who you probably is one of the best taxi squad defensemen out there. I think he should be on the team full time, but that is what it is. So to me, I, I don't – I get they're comfortable with what they have, but the, you got to forget, they're missing Mr. Game 7. They're missing Justin Williams. He retired. They needed to get maybe a Jeff Carter. They should have been aggressive and try to get someone like that. They needed somebody who was going to bring in some, you know, so a bit of age to that team, a little bit of maturity, and someone who's been there and won it, and I think that they failed on that. So, Stefan, like, who do you think that Carolina should have been going after in this trade deadline? Like, who was available that do you think they just missed out on getting? Well, you know, I going back to the Islanders getting Palmieri and Zajac, like I have always been a fan of Kyle Palmieri. I, I think that's a guy who you could definitely add to Carolina, and he fits kind of their MO, their structure. Uh, you know, he plays fast, hard-nosed hockey. He, you know, four-checks heavy. He's able to come back. You know, he can play, you know, anywhere on your special teams. I think that's a player they could have looked at. Maybe they were. Maybe they just got beaten to the punch. Um, but – Carolina is so good like not that they're perfect I think any team can make a trade to obviously get better at the deadline but hard to say outside of him who got moved yesterday who they could have gotten like you know Jeff Carter I had no idea he was even available but apparently he was so I don't know maybe maybe a Sam Bennett too like we said you know Florida actually yeah. go back to what I said earlier making a lot of moves Florida made a lot of moves and 
it, it looks hard, like between Carolina and Florida, I don't know how you beat either one of them. And I hope we get to see them play each other in the playoffs because that's going to be, you know, a hell of a series. So maybe Carolina was trying to make the moves because they clearly made at least one. But maybe in a case like Carolina, you're not willing to give up as much as people want you to give up to get the right player. Maybe that's the issue they ran into. But again, the Carolina's in that window to go after a cup as well. There's some amazing teams this year that are going to make runs for their first cup or 25th cup. I mean, there's going to be some really awesome playoff hockey this year. And I think the teams that needed to do what they needed to do, I think basically most teams got what they needed. I know. And for me, though, the thing is, if I'm in that room, and this is another way of thinking, too, and I mean, you call me negative Nelly or whatever. But, you know, I'm looking at it as you weren't willing to spend a first or a second round draft pick. One in a year that, you know, you're not able to see a lot of these prospects play. So, you're, you know, there's a lot more uncertainty than there usually is in a draft pick. But also, you know, to me, I'm thinking, hey, we're going to win the cup. That first round draft pick is basically the top of the second round anyways. So why not make that trade? Or that second round draft pick is really a third round draft pick, really, if you look at it. So to me, it's like, why not spend, you know, you know, they always say the rich get richer. Well, that's what the that's what you need to do to win a cup. I mean, you've looked at most teams have have won. I mean, look at the Penguins. How many every year they've won a cup, they've basically made it's almost like pre-trade deadline and then post-trade deadline. They're a brand new team. You know, they add the pieces that they need. They, They go through that season. They figure out exactly what they need. And they don't be shy and they go for it. Yeah, right now it sucks for them because, you know, they had a bunch of traffic straight away and this and that. And they're in that, like, downswing a little bit more. But you know what? They can look back at friggin' what feels like 10 years of success at this point. Like, it, you you got to sell the future a little bit to be in the present. And I just feel like the Canes are afraid to do that. But the thing is, as a player, if I'm in that room or as a coach, I'm like, hell, spend that draft pick. Like, get us someone like a yep. Felino who is going to come in and bring in leadership on a pretty young team. Bring in leadership, bring in grit, tra- trade that first round pick because you know what? Let's make that, that that pick number 32. Yeah, you know who comes to mind? Um, and in fact, this team, I think, is a big loser of the draft or the deadline uh, from the Anaheim Ducks. I think if you get Getzloff on a team like the Hurricanes, you know, I think this is his last year on his contract. Like, you know, that's a guy who you can use any which way you want and he's going to bring it for you. Yeah, and I think that's he's the kind of guy who's been around long enough where if you're like, hey, listen, you're going to be on a third line, he's not going to say no. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's on a winning team. He's going from the Ducks, who have struggled the last little bit. He's going on to a winning team, and he's bringing you leadership. He's bringing you grit. You know, he's went from being the guy who sets guys up, scores all the goals, to a guy that throws in the grit when he needs to. And, I'm like, again, I, I think that's a perfect guy that they could have went after. Carter's a perfect guy. Felino, uh, you name it. There's a bunch of guys, the vets out there, that really could have filled in that role that Justin Williams left behind when he retired that I feel like they, they were just hesitant. And, to me, they were the biggest losers of, of this trade deadline because it's like – yeah, you're in first place. Congratulations, but you're all all the teams you're going to fight against just got that were already red hot just got better. Yep. Well, Getzlaff I think was rumored to uh, he was willing to be traded to like Vegas because that, apparently he lives outside there. He's from that area, and obviously they're a contender. And Getzlaff isn't going to a team that isn't going to contend. But if I'm Getzlaff and I'm at the last year of my contract, why not go to Carolina and go for that cup? Honestly, just put me on, put me on a roster somewhere that's gonna put me on Toronto. Put me on put me on someone who has a chance of winning. And I, yep. it's your last year anyway, so let's just say, yeah, you gotta move away from family right now, and it sucks because of COVID. But you know what? Like you're you're gonna move away for that two months, let's say, or three months, whatever, to win that cup. But a guy at the end of his career, 
you know, hopefully, I think their kids are all a little older. They kind of understand more. You know, there's enough technology where you can FaceTime and all that kind of stuff. But you're going away to win that cup. And, you know, if you win that cup, it's probably a great time to just say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I could probably get another vet minimum contract. But, you know what? I'm going to go spend my time with the kids now. I've got that, you know, for him. I've got that other cup ring. And uh, hopefully that's enough to put me in the Hall of Fame. So winners and losers. We can wrap this up real quick with uh, we can pick some winners and losers here. I will start with, I think, a winner despite their fact that they really just been underwhelmingly awful this year as the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think they won getting those. I think they have three first round picks now. Yeah. Think but, about the leverage though, but think about the leverage they have even for trades moving forward at the trade when it comes to the, all of that. And I think that's, I think for that, that's a win. Like three did you first hear, round picks. Did you hear what happened last night? No. What happened? Oh, uh, yeah, Torts went in the room and he sat those three first-round picks already. <laughs> he just said, you know what? I don't care who they are. You tell them as soon as they get here, sit, done. They're done for so the day. Do you think, uh, do you think ty- uh, Torch time in the Columbus Blue Jackets and maybe the NHL is done? I actually made a comment to Haley yesterday, and I was being serious. And I just said, you know, I think trading Felino away buried Torts because, you know what? He was the voice between him and the players as that captain, and he seemed to like Torts. So he was able to kind of, I think, smooth things over from my look into the dressing room. I'm not in that dressing room. I can't say it. I look how the way I look at it. He was kind of that middleman with him being gone. Who is really going to be that voice in between to translate the, you know, rah, rah, rah to, Hey, you know, maybe try doing this and you might get some more ice time. Who's going to be that guy. And I, I guess he's got assistant coaches and all that, but sometimes you got to hear it from a player, not from a coach. Yeah. I was just going to say it's towards is he, you know, coach like him, you either love him or you hate him. I mean, obviously there's players like that too, but I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I, I've gone so many, I've gone in so many circles talking about him, how he handles players and playing time and whatnot. And, you know, you get a guy like Patrick Line and, you know, you have to trade Dubois who you've only had for a handful of years. And I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say cause you're not in the room. You, there could be so many other things going on. And, and we see that here, even in junior hockey. And there's so many things that people don't know. And, and really the situation is so overblown, but I don't know, you, you, there's so many instances with him where you can look back and say, uh, it seems to follow you everywhere you go. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, maybe he gets one more, you know, pass through. I, I'm sure another team would take him, you know, I, I don't think he's a bad coach, but maybe it's time for him or he has to kind of change a little bit in order to kind of help further along his pursuit as a coach i think i'm with you on that i don't think i think the nhl is changing a lot and i don't think torts really fits in the new nhl with his style i think in terms of the nhl i think his time should he lose his job with columbus i think is i still wouldn't be surprised if another team took the chance to pick him up but i wouldn't and i'm a sabers fan we can't get much worse but we could <laughs> i think we could i think with him as our coach we could actually get worse we already haven't made the playoffs in over a decade it's embarrassing to even admit you're a Sabres fan at this point. And imagine bringing a guy on board who basically runs players out of town. No, that's not the right mix. <laughs> it's, it's hard enough keeping players in Buffalo. Yeah. All right. I think this is a great place to wrap it. So, uh, Stefan, thanks for joining us on this episode. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And anyone that wants to listen to his interview, be sure to listen out for that interview here in the next couple days where we just talk to Stefan about his time so far with the Mustangs and hockey and all that other fun stuff. But until then, this is Chris and Sebastian with Pigeon All Hockey. Have a great day. And we'll catch you next time.